your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Good Tuesday, everybody. You know what that means. Fred had tacos for lunch. The boys are here. Oh, that's right. The boys are here. I saw a super creepy taco truck last night on Central after the Lobo game. You know, with a taco truck that creepy looking, they got the best tacos. Michael, this taco truck looked like... I'm going to try to use my most descriptive words. We didn't plan this bit before the show. It was a matte black, and it looked like... A re-decommissioned, then commissioned into taco truck, like UPS truck. Sure. Okay. And then spray painted by hand, but not in a good like rail card or overpass way. In a, we just happen to have some spray paint way. It just said the word tacos on the hood of it. Yeah, Very- not even, not even level. No. Not even the same size as the other words. Mm-mm. It was Just... their first night of business. No, they've been there for a while. I think that's their, like, milia. They're trying to go for that look. Trashy like, tacos? They're doing this on purpose. Ah, derelict. Yeah, derelict line. <laughs> I am Fred Slow. Alongside me is the stuffing to my taco, Van Nunley. Van, how are you? Peachy, buddy. How you be? I am fair. I am closer to Midland. Just kidding. I'm doing great. Michael Vital, you are going to run the baseline all day. How are you, Michael? No tacos in this room. Mm-mm. Oh, phones are ringing, and it's going to be Lobo talk early, I can tell you. I'll tell you what, Fred. If you see a taco truck that's got, like, shiny chrome bumpers and a perfect paint job. Like a clean one. Yeah, like a, <laughs> a really nice-looking one. Yeah. Number one. Not going to have the best tacos. Mm, get away from it. Number two, probably some kind of money laundering operation for a drug dealer. If you see a taco truck like you did last night, yeah, where it looks like it's falling apart, it looks like they stole it just to make tacos in it for one night Salt and then the ditch it somewhere, mm-hmm. number one, they're going to have the best tacos. Number two, also a money laundering operation yeah, for a drug dealer. Yeah, they're all. Every taco truck the only legit tattoo shop in yeah. town. The only legit food trucks are brick oven pizza trucks. Yeah, like family owned yeah. and operated, and the kid is there kneading dough. And there's somebody saying, "We imported these bricks from Sicily," and you're like, "Okay, I, I believe that." I don't. Like, oh, Acme is that Italian? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you and I, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this today. We uh, we'll hit it on at least three or four or five times. Uh. The Lobo game last night, the the Rio Grande rivalry, the New Mexico State Aggies coming in guns a blazing up here to the University of New Mexico to take on your Lobos van. That game had everything you wanted, right? Oh my right? gosh. Some good basketball play. <laughs> Excuse me. Some occasionally very poor basketball play. It was very chippy. There were some elbows thrown, there were some hips being thrusted, some big plays, big three pointers. Some fast break dunks. 
and then the ending, oh, buddy. As good as it gets. Oh, um, buddy. Before we break the game down, uh, inside baseball for the friend of the show, I say it often. I'm relatively new to New Mexico. Sure. I'm not new to radio. Sure. I'm not new to sports. Sure. Moment of transparency here. I didn't get it. You had told me. You specifically had told me. And you, proverbial you, friend of the show, had told me. When Lobo's basketball is good, it's it's near the top. It's some of the best. And I said, cool. I don't get it. Yeah, cool. Hey, I bet. Hey, hey cool. <laughs> I tried to told you. You tried. We went to a couple basketball games every year, a couple few. That is correct. Exponentially more when we got ourselves on the radio. But I was like, hey, this is a big deal in Albuquerque. And I said, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. And I was like, just you wait. Michael Vital would say to me, when the Lobos are good, Fred, it's as good as it gets here in town. They're the talk of the town. I say, Michael, cool. I I wasn't even trying to be difficult. I wasn't trying to be contrarian. I just did not get it. Oh, boy, do I get it now. Oh, boy, do I get it now. Albuquerque brought their A game last night. Pack the pit. Albuquerque, New Mexico brought their A game. Everyone. I didn't care where you were from. Mm -hmm. Was it a sellout? 13,000 was the announced. 13,000 Vital, and it was a legit 13K. Once everybody got off being on Albuquerque time and got to the game midway through the first half, (laughs) that place was packed. The I will tell you this. When beer sales stopped... So what is that? Like halfway through the second half, 10 minutes in? I believe so. The mezzanine was a ghost town. Yeah. Every seat was full. And this was like as good of a basketball game as you're going to see between two teams. As good. And the kids that are playing the game, these are really good athletes. These aren't just like two run-of-the-mill, mid-level, mediocre. There's 130 D1 schools, and and maybe these teams are in the hundreds. No. This is top flight. Both squads. Both squads are very strong. I tried to told you, buddy. When Lobo basketball is exciting and they could pack that place, there's not a better show in town. And boy, did everyone put on a show last night. Fans included. It got a little exciting there at the end. Yes. And it should have. Yes. And the thing, and I'm about to take a little dig, but friend of the show, after I take the dig, you'll be like, well, you're kind of right, Fred. Lobo fan had forgotten what it was like to have a product this good. But they're going to be like, what about Danny Granger? What, well, hey, here's the thing. He don't even play in the NBA no more. It's been a while. What about Kenny Thomas? He don't play. Guys. You're lying to yourself. It has been 15. It has been 12 years. It has been closer to 20 years. There were signs of life at the beginning of the Alfred regime. Not for this matchup, though. There was there was a, a lot of a lot of momentum in this city for Lobo basketball again, but that kind of died off. But you're right. Like the excitement is back. The momentum yeah. is back. Yeah. The anticipation is back. And, and Lobo fan and friend of the show did not know how to react to that. They didn't know what it was like to be lifted so very high. And then at the very end, just have it ripped away. Yeah. Lobo- I know, we're going to get more into it later, but I know I've seen a lot of no-look passes. I have not seen a lot of... No look layups. I saw one last night, and it went in. Cause Vital, that's 
that's Bon Jovi's favorite layup because he was living on a prayer with that last oh my shot. Gosh. But it went in. That's how we get to the game last night, and we're rolling like Anchorman style. It's like it's like me and Van <laughs> Roberts there. Stephanie Chavez is with us. Brandon Ortega is with us. We're just playing. Yeah, it's like all the media guys you've ever met in town. They're all in our little group. We did not have spring-colored suits on, though. No, no, we did not. No, we had Lobo gear. Everyone except for me. Because I was, find a shirt big enough for you. No, nah, the... I, I was just in white guy clothes. So you didn't have a chance to change. It's because he's so busy yesterday. Had a full day. Yeah. So we get out there. And they put us in the overflow seating. So there's there's media seating, which is like right next to the court. It's a little elevated, so you can see the whole thing. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to a friend of the show, a friend in real life, Jeff Kramer, this morning. And I was saying, like, being in the overflow, we were with, like, the fans. Yes. Because so often you feel, like, removed. You feel, like, a li- even a little bit isolated when you're taking in, like, a football game or a basketball game or whatever. Yeah. And, like. I had fandom again, and I was like, "This is this is what is up." The pit is the energy. the The energy was palpable; you could feel it in the air. Yeah. And every like, because you end up in those moments where it's like, "Well, here's the thing." KJ Jenkins actually is my best friend this moment. Like Javante Johnson, I care about more than anyone I've ever met in this moment. Sure. And there's thirteen thousand of your closest friends there. Less Aggies or Aggies adjacent individuals. Hey, not a lot of crimson in the crowd. Yeah, but when they scored a basket, especially the game one, it was a roar of crowd. There, there was some excitement from the fans that they were able to bring. But also, I know that was the that was the same story down in Las Cruces. Was Lobo fan wasn't in Las Cruces. It was it was Aggie it was Aggie packed, which makes sense. Sure. But anytime Jalen House took one of his 17 shots, I was like, that's the most important moment in my life. So we were with the fans. So the first half is very good. The first half is back and forth and it's up and down. But I'm telling you, Vital, it's nerves. The whole thing was nerves. And you saw it in the second half because the second half was much higher scoring. But the first half, these two squads, you could tell that these players had not been in front of 13,000 fans, maybe ever. Both teams started off very clunky. Yeah. It was rough. And up and down. But it, you, you go from not playing in front of somebody for two and a half years, three for some of these guys, and then boom, there's 13,000 people wrapped around you. Of course you're going to be a little nervous. These aren't seasoned veterans. These aren't NBA players who have been doing it for a decade. These are late teens and early 20s young men who haven't seen that kind of show in quite some time. It took two and a half minutes, Vital, for the anyone to score, for the Lobos to get on the board. Like, the game started off, I'm not even exaggerating here. Turnover, turnover, block, block, turnover, missed shot, missed shot, long rebound, turnover. And you're like, okay. The nerves. Yeah, and then, so then jumper, or jumper, so then Mashburn hits like a jumper, little mid-range boy. And you're like, okay, like here we are, like this underway, we're on it. Little run to start, on the comeback. I mean, back and forth, and an intensity too, right? Like an intensity where you're like, these players, they might not like each other so much. It was very chippy, a lot of elbows, a lot of hips being thrown around. It was a physical match. It was yeah. very physical, especially in the first half. 
especially in the first half. Yeah, I think the refs probably had a, a talk with the coaches, like, hey, you guys better calm this down a little bit At in the half? second half. Yeah. For sure. It was a good start to the second half for New Mexico State, too, because whenever they came out, they made the adjustments, and Patino and his boys had to had to answer to that. I know we got to grab a break, Vitale. We're going to come back to Lobo's talk, because obviously there's the second half still, there's the overtime, and then everything that happened post the matchup, which we will dive into. But we had before the game last night arranged to have Coach Mike Bradbury on today, the women's lady, or excuse me, the Lady Lobos heads basketball coach. And we're going to talk to he. Obviously, we'll talk about the game last night a little bit. Talk about what's going on with the women's season, but we're excited to have him on. I think is this Mike's first time on the show? I believe it is. Yeah, it's Coach Bradbury's first time. Wow. Oh wow. Wow. We're going to get him on here. Oh, it's his first time. Wow. So we'll connect with him during the break, and we'll come back. Talking, obviously, Lobos, but then Lady Lobos as well before we return to speaking, well, more Lobos. Dave and Busters presents Two Men on Mike Bradbury. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. If you were with us at the 4 o'clock start, welcome to the program. If you just got out of the office. Joining us on the Quans Auto Care Hotline, head coach in the University of New Mexico women's basketball team, Mike Bradbury. Coach, how are you? I'm great. Thank how you. are you guys? Uh, we're doing well, friend. We're excited to have you on. for, And this is for the friend of the show, man. For the absolute first time, Coach Bradbury's joining us. How exciting is this? I appreciate you guys having me. This is um, uh, you know, exciting time of year for us, especially coming off last weekend. Yeah, last weekend was a big weekend, and obviously we're going to talk a little bit about this upcoming weekend as well. Speaking of New Mexico State, were you at the game last night, Coach? Were you able to see the men's game? No, I watched it at home. I plugged it in the TV there and uh, watched it at home. Yeah, it was about as exciting of a finish to one as, as I've ever seen in person. And and I didn't realize how substantial this rivalry was, Coach. Uh, from the women's side, can you talk a little bit about – about getting the team up to play against New Mexico State and in the home and home series and and just kind of what all this momentum means moving into the to this weekend against the well ranked number six Arizona. Yeah, it's um, you know the New Mexico State series is is always a challenging one. You know you you've got to make sure your team understands how how this game goes and what it entails and, and the intensity of the rivalry um, and how the, the crowds and the fans are going to react in different venues. Um, you know, and I think that uh, at least for our team that we, we were able to get our kids to understand and embrace how difficult a situation it would be. Coach, let's talk about these seniors scoring 39 points in the 77-58 victory over rival New Mexico State. How good does that feel for these seniors to sweep? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for, for our seniors, they've never lost to them. So, you know, it was nice to get a class all the way through from start to finish, um, you know, and never lose a game to, to New Mexico State. So um, I, th- I think that's something they took pride, pride in and and really wanted to make sure we finished that off on Sunday. Coach, uh, what I would identify as a very good start at eight and three for the season for your Lady Lobos. Uh, what do you how do you identify a, like winning to the team when when you sit down and and look at a schedule to start the year? How do you say this is where we want to be? You know, ten or eleven games in. 
Yeah, um, and, and we don't put a number on it, but we do discuss it. You know, kind of how you mentioned, you know, we want to make sure that we're playing our best basketball at the end of the non-conference season. Um, and and we just want to get better. And, and we set the schedule up to where you can have some success, um, but also some very challenging games. And, and, you know, the three games that we've lost were the top 50 teams. Um, and then we've beaten everybody else. Um, so, you know, we're probably about where we should be or maybe even a game better, you know, than, than what uh, I guess the experts would say. Um, so I'm happy where we're at. But we do discuss um, those things before the season. Years ago, I was doing an interview with uh, Dick Vermeil, who used to famously coach the St. Louis Rams, coach the Philadelphia Eagles. And he identified winning as winning all your home games, but winning half of your road games. And you guys are undefeated at home. So do you think there's any sort of of, of subscription to that idea? Well, I mean, you know, coaches don't think like that. You know, we, we put a game plan in place to try to win every game, regardless of where it is and who it's against. Um, you know, last year, if we would have held to that, that philosophy, then we would have finished at the bottom of the league because we played all road games. <laughs> so, and, and we won the whole thing. So, you know, I, I can't, you know – prescribed to that that theory because, uh, you know, sometimes it wouldn't make us reach our potential. I think um, Lady Lobo fan out there knows everything about the Duff sisters and Jaden De La Cerda, who's your big three-headed monster as far as getting buckets go. But who else on the squad has been a big contributor this year that the loyal listener needs to know about? Well, the other two seniors, I think, have, have been outstanding in, in Shai McGruder and Antonia Anderson. Um you know, that's, that's our two inside players. And, um, you know, they were huge in the game on Sunday. Um, uh, Antonio had a double, double, um, and shy had 18 or 20 points. And it was, uh, you know, it was those two that really carried us in that game. Um, so I, I think those five seniors, you know, were, were really old in the starting lineup and really young everywhere else. Um, uh, but, but those five kind of keep us together. Joining us on the program, Coach Mike Bradbury of the University of New Mexico women's basketball team, currently on a three-game win streak, uh, six and home, at, six and zero at home. You talked about playing last season all on the road. What? How has that adjustment been for your squad to to get in front of Cherry and Silver and and to play, you know, just minutes from their dorm rooms? Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I know that's why Jaden and, and Antonia came back. For, you know, for their COVID year was um, they, they wanted to play their last games in front of fans, um, you know, and obviously we're happy that they're back. Um, but our, our fans make a huge difference. Um, you know, playing in the pit is, is a big deal to our team. Um, you know, they, they look forward to it. They, they thrive on it, and they, and they really uh, play to the energy of the crowd. Big matchup in just five short days, December 12th at 1 p.m. at number six, Arizona. What do you got to do to get the girls pumped up for this big matchup here? I don't think we have to even get them pumped up. Um, we got to make sure that we're we're ready and we're prepared, and and have a good plan to where we can we can go over there and and uh, make sure we're competitive in the game and give her, give ourselves a chance to win in the end. Coach, obviously you're on the road this weekend, but you return home next week for Ugly Sweater Day, Van. So you can basically pull anything out of your closet. Ugly Sweater Day versus UTEP. Uh, Coach, if our friends of the show haven't been out to check out your squad yet and play, what is the environment like at home? What can a fan expect? And, and why is it the place to be on December the 19th is, is your home against UTEP? 
Well, one one thing is is UTEP's really good. Um, they're also in the top hundred in the net ranking, and um, it'll be a heck of a game. Um, now, what to expect when you come? I mean, you know, exciting play. I mean, we've led the league in scoring every year I've been here. Um, we play a very fast pace. That game will be uh, against UTEP will be you know, really up and down because they play really fast too. Um, I think it'll be entertaining. I had ugly sweater day circled on the calendar all year. I'm very excited for that <laughs> one. So you said you don't got to really get the girls pumped up for these games, just prepare them. Do you have that same feeling about a rival like UTEP? It's it's no New Mexico State, but is this number two on your hit list as far as rivals go? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's up there. We we don't play them every year, and this will be the last year that we play them. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if it's a, it's a huge rival to our players um, just because it's it's not a really consistent game for us um, that we can get on the schedule. Coach, I talk about, I listen to basically every broadcast. I'm a huge J.J. Buck fan. And, and the thing I'm seeing is what, you got, what, 20 games left approximately, the way your offense plays. Are you guys going to shoot like a thousand threes this year? Like this team is is surgical from the perimeter. Yeah, I don't I don't know how many we shoot. I, I hope we can make a thousand. <laughs> um, but I, we we shoot a lot of them. That's kind of the way our team is built. So a lot of points being scored by the girls. Who are the the underclassmen contributors that you see making more of a leap throughout this year? I think Paula Reyes is is really making strides. Uh, she's from Spain, um, and I think she her potential is is really high. Being a Cumber Albuquerque native, um, a great player, really good shooter. Um, I, I think you'll see her come on more and more um, as the season progresses. And Anaya Augman has been really good. Another freshman um, from California gives us some uh, athleticism and, and some speed out there. So, you know, those three are getting a lot of minutes right now, and, and I think their pr- production will continue to go up. Speaking of players on this squad, uh, locally, obviously V Cumber is kind of a big standout because she did so very well at Sandia for, for so many years. Uh, how is recruiting for the Lobos? Is it is it often start New Mexico base and then spread out worldwide, or do you guys already have what you feel to be a, a really good system of, of players feeding themselves into the program? Uh, we, we like to recruit New Mexico, and, you know, this this year in this signing class that, that will be freshman next year, um, you know, we got three kids from Albuquerque. Awesome. And, um you know, and I, I think that's great. Um, as long as the talent's good enough to, to help us compete in our league, then we'll always try to sign, you know, New Mexico kids. Um, you know, and we went through a couple-year drought there where it wasn't like that, so we, we didn't sign anybody from, from the state. But the last couple of years, we'll, we'll have several on the team now. Coach, Jaden De La Serta is the first Lady Lobo to get a name-image-likeness deal. What was the learning process about what you can do, what you can't do, and you know how do how do you get this information and use that going forward? Yeah, it's it's interesting because we're not as coaches we're not allowed to be a part of it, so we can't give advice, we can't give suggestions, we can't really do anything. Um, so about all I know about what what Jaden's got going on is what is what she tells me. Um, so I'm excited for her. She, she's got a good deal, um, and you know I'm happy for her, and and I think uh, she'll get more as the season goes on, and, um, you know, hopefully our other kids do too. Coach Mike Bradbury, thank you so very much for taking the time with us today. Thank you so very much for kind of opening up the program to the friends of our show. Anything we missed, Coach, before we let you go? 
eight and three, eight and zero oh, um, in the last uh, five years against New Mexico State. Love that, boom! Love that, Coach Mike Bradbury. Thank you so much. What a good. All dude. right, thanks, guys. Thanks, good, Coach. What a good dude. That's the thing is, I really like the women's game, but I want I want to feel a stronger connection to it. I want to I want to know the personalities. I feel that with the Lobos a little bit. Obviously, you know I I broadcast for New Mexico Highlands. I feel it a thousand times over with that squad. The game is better to me whenever you have a strong connection to the players. And it's a great product. Yeah. Coach has them playing at a very high level, and they're very fun to watch. Mike, you know, I think they dropped like 120 last year against like Arkansas Pine Bluff. And you're like, I'm not even joking. Like, like how does a team do that? Run and gun. They know how to play. Run and gun and swish them threes. I, I know we got to go to break. Here's a dead-ass serious statistic. They've shot 273s That's over the, the course of, of I mean, 10 or 11 gun. games. Like Eat your heart out, Steph Curry. Yeah, like they do not care. They will shoot threes. More Lobo talk when we get back from the break. It's uh, This is, although tough loss last night, this is a very good day for New Mexico. It's a very good day for collegiate basketball in the state. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports annual. Back at it. Thank you to Coach Mike Bradbury. Talking Lady Lobos for a little bit. We had scheduled that last week. Not knowing how exciting the game was going to have been last night. It's just too busy during rivalry week. Yep. So we were talking about the first half of the game. Had a blast. Good matchup between after a and again, Michael, very slow start for both squads. So the game goes into the second half last night. And the Aggies come out and they just hit it's either eight or ten, I don't remember. Eight or ten point little run. And the Lobos are like, Well, we need a timeout. Cause coming out, Jans was like, I got the answer to every question. And then Coach Patino was like, Let me take a second here. Their bigs dominated the game. The war in the paint wasn't even close. If it wasn't for Mashburn finding space and making some really timely buckets, Jalen House doing the same thing, I don't think the game would have been as close as it was. Aggies had 66 points in the paint, Lobos 32. There you go. So the Uick a lot. More than double. The Uick a lot kid, um, 42 for the Aggies who you pointed out to keep an eye on the whole game. You're yeah. like, he plays very physical. You were like, hey, he's extending his arms quite a bit. Watch him to catch a technical foul, which he did. Like 30 seconds after I said that. Right. The oracle strikes again. But big presence inside. Big. Very big. And and that was kind of the second half stuff where Jans was like, all right, we're going to work the ball inside. We're, we're not going to surrender the three-point attempt. But they were just too – Excuse me, they were just two for 15. And the Aggies played them a little tougher on the wing than they thought they would. I thought the Aggies were going to try to take away the paint, take away the drives from Mashburn and House. But they protected the wing really tough, too. So those threes that the Lobos have been used to like the kick? weren't there. Yeah. yeah, the kick out wasn't there. The pick and roll wasn't there. They're defending the wing really hard. Well, and that's the thing with like the man defense where it's like, if you like guard plays key, obviously, and and you're like, hey, you got to force them to their offhand. Well, House and Mashburn don't have an offhand. Like these guys can do whatever they want with it. Sure. So whenever they're trying to go to the basket and create, and by the way, Mashburn, who I th- fifth or sixth twenty point game of the season, like he's unreal with twenty six of them. Jalen House with twenty one. 
<coughs> excuse me as I clear my throat. There in the second half, they're what's keeping it alive because there was not a ton of scoring opportunity from anyone else. And like, like Alan Tobar couldn't really find a rhythm and, and that was noticeable from a distance. And, sure. you know, and, and as we talk about like the game in its entirety, we talk about like how often both these teams got to the line and the second half is key because as state would go inside, which they did regularly, you would think, okay, the Lobos are fouling here. There should be some state only shot five free throws. Like, like New Mexico was like all but giving up opportunities at the basket. There were not a lot of contested shots no. for the Aggies. No. Actually, both they, teams if, were combined eight for 37 from three-point line. That's very poor. I'm it's sorry, poor. from the two-point two point line. Oh, from the so, charity yeah, stripe, yeah. yeah. Oh, the stripe. Yeah. Which goes into what you were saying about Well, and nine missed free throws for the Lobos, and even hitting one of them, that's – That's the game. That's the game. That's and the, the game. And especially there at the end when I think it was Alan Tovar who's at the line and can't hit both of them, and then that – Gives State an opportunity to come down and, and score very fast. Correct. Saquon Singleton, by the way, the oh, is that who it was? I apologize. The Lobos in the first game with New Mexico State was just incredible, about over eighty percent shooting the, with the free throws. Last night, fourteen of twenty-three. It didn't help. And if you put State in a position where they have to shoot a three to tie it, they were two for fifteen. Like that's a different outcome to regulation. I think turnovers were a big key because. The Lobos' run at the beginning of the game was driven by New Mexico State's turnovers, and then you completely flopped it in the second half, and then uh, the Lobos were the one making the mistakes and allowing the Aggies to go on an early run and take a lead. So this one comes down to the end of regulation. I think there's three, three and a half seconds or whatever it is left, because um, that's what the Aggies score with, right? So with three, 3.8, the Aggies score – and they scored on a real soft look inside, if we're going to be honest. So we're now we're in overtime. And the building is, it's there's an energy, it's almost like a flex. You can feel the building, like, breathing with you. Like, as, as everyone's coming in and going out. And by the way, excellent job by Loba fans with their mask. Excellent job by UNM and their facility for kind of ensuring that everyone felt safe in a confined environment. Very good. So as they go to overtime... And they're doing like the pregame hype video, and the and the band is replaying songs that they play during regulation because maybe they don't have enough songs. Sure. But the crowd, like, there's not of the thirteen thousand plus there, there's not a single person using any part of that seat to sit. No, it was all on the feet for even the the whole second half of the fourth quarter too. Like you called it earlier, fourth quarter, second Once, half, second half. Excuse me, the whole. Second half of the second half. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you mean a quarter? Yeah. <laughs> once they once they cut off the beer taps and everyone finally went to their seats, everyone was on their feet. The place was electric. It yeah. was so exciting. It was so much fun. I know, Albuquerque, you did not get the result you wanted. No. But it is so awesome that this rivalry is back, and it's so awesome we get to see this in person. And the energy was electric. And and it, besides, I mean, we're going to get to this all the antics after overtime besides that you had to have had an amazing time results notwithstanding so the lobos won the tip that overtime tip and the building is as excited as any jump ball in the history of all sport they come down hit the triple and then the aggies are like well we can just we can run off four real quick we'll keep working inside three points don't scare us because we know we can get four on two shots 
Which they did. That's exactly what they did. Free throw by Singleton. Aggies go back. They got a four-point cushion. There's like a minute left. House hits the jumper. And at that point, because we had had not the best shot selection, I felt, Van, that UNM was in trouble. I was like, I don't think they'll score from the field again. And you were like, no, just you know, say the truth. So Mashburn hits the jumper with 25 left to play. Final possession. And this final possession is slop. You got it, Vital? You do have it? Oh, my God, play it for me. Look to Rice at the top now with seven to shoot. Rice has Mashburn guarding him. Rice with a jab step. His reverse layup is oh. good as time expires. Oh, and the Aggie bench empties out on court. New Mexico State thinks it is won, 78 to 76. They will check the video to make sure the shot was off in time. Yeah, I thought it. Was, I thought he had enough time there. This would be the second consecutive last-second win for New Mexico State against UNM. And now Aggie players stomping on the Lobo Shield logo and scratching with the soles of their shoes on the Shield logo. And Coach Jans races out to center court to get the Aggies off the paint. And Lobo Athletic Director Eddie Nunez got right in the face of Coach Jans to tell him that is unacceptable. The shot has been ruled good, and the game is over. Our reaction to the Nate Pryor put back in the after-the-game antics after this break. Dave and Busters presents two men on the Lobo game last night, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Mashburn through the center circle. Mashburn backs it out. Five seconds separating shot and game clock. Mashburn there it rising. Is. Left there elbow. It is. Jump shot is good off the dribble. 76 76 time. Sorry for the little stutter on the way back. TJ Trout is knocking on the window at the commercial break. <laughs> TJ Trout, which if you're not familiar with KKOB, T.J. Trout, who I believe is calling right now, is a uh, he's a different energy dude. He's a yell at clouds kind of dude. Which I like. I love it. I appreciate it. I want you to bring your A game over there at KKOB. Well, I, t- I tell you what, I I don't often identify with the, with a lot, but T.J. Trout to me, uh, we both hate the same clouds that we yell at. So t- well, look, I, I just like giving my tell crap. Um, so... <laughs> They're on, you're on our air, by the way. Yeah, this is like simulcast. And we're on their air. This is like Okay, so TJ Trout joining us live on KNML. We are joining TJ Trout live on KKOB. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, how long have you guys been doing this show now? Oh, gosh, uh, two and a half years, but in this time slot, That's like two months. Two months. Two months. Okay, so it took us two months to actually do this. Yeah, too long. To actually meet them. Yeah. Thing. All right, look, this is the only thing I'm doing. I, I'm just thanking you. For the brownies. <laughs> this is important. I'm thinking for the brownies, for me and BB, I just have one question. Uh, yes. You didn't get this like at a medical, medical cannabis dispensary, did you? Because I'm feeling kind of funny. I, I believe these are Little Debbie proper that uh, that Van delivered to everyone here at the staff before. Right. Look, Little little Debbie's got a shady history, but oh, yeah. I, I don't think her business is into that yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, she was huge into prostitution back in the day. Yeah. And, and now she uses her rapper name Lil Debbie. Yeah, it's just L I L. Lil D. 
All right. Hey, uh, welcome to the time slot. I'm sure we'll have more of a conversation. I'm looking through the window at yeah. them right now as yeah, I yeah, speak to them. So I'm sure we'll converse more in the upcoming days. TJ, TJ Trout, not afraid of the Quans Auto Care Hotline. Thank you, TJ. Hey, listen, Beer Friday, I told you, on the 17th. The, uh, we we are live from the pep rally for the New Mexico Bowl on the 17th. Oh, right. <laughs> All right. Find us. Yeah, what, what, Fred, what Fred meant to say is yeah. Fred will be live from oh, the pep okay. rally. I will be drinking beer with you, TJ. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. And Vital, you're welcome. Yeah, I can see you through the other the other window. All right. All right. I'm hanging up at you. See you later. TJ Trout, weekdays three to six over on KKOB. He's a uh, he's a fun dude. The TJ Trout show, check them out. That was fun. We should make that a thing. Oh gosh, oh gosh. <laughs> he uh, the, here's a little inside baseball. So before the program started today, I was like, I was like, oh, I need a little shot of energy. So I stopped and I picked up. I could either buy one little Debbie at the checkout for whatever it was. 75 cents or whatever. Yeah. Or I could buy a box of Little Debbie's, which had six or seven in it, yeah. for $1.50. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll just get the box and I'll share with everyone at the office. So when I took the Little Debbie Cosmic Brownie into TJ, into the KKOB studio where TJ was, TJ was like, okay, the de- okay, here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> like, Got it, TJ. There was some psychedelic sprinkles on there. Is that why he they call it cosmic? For more than that, yeah, he's he's a hoot. <laughs> in the brownie. <laughs> you ever do you see him walking around the station? TJ, he walks faster than anyone I ever met. Like the the hallway doesn't have time for him. He does not meander. No, no, yeah. he he knows where he needs to be and how long it'll take him to get there if he moves faster than anyone who physically moves otherwise. He walks hard down that long and rocky road. Ah, nice. Thank you. And always, he's always talking about his Cleveland Browns to me. He well, he loves the Cleveland Browns. He's he's like he's actually, and there's been a lot of changes here in the cluster. That's radio talk again. Like obviously, you and I are here at Van. Previously, there was a different program here. Sure, KKOB has seen a lot of changes over the last four. Well, really, since Limbaugh passed, right? Vital, you're kind of over there all the time. Yeah, two years. Yeah, then Eric and Eric Strauss is is now regularly in the evening. And if you don't listen to Eric Strauss, like you don't get fired up. He's passionate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> If I had half the passion for any single thing that Eric Strauss has for everything that comes in front of him, I'd be the happiest dude in the world. Yeah, you're accusing TJ Trouty yelling at clouds. Oh gosh, my goodness! <laughs> and Eric Strauss, you you talk to Eric Strauss, like, bring up anything. I'm like I'm like, hey, you uh, you watching Hawkeye and Marvel? He's like, am I? <laughs> How can- and whether his Steelers team wins or loses, he's yelling at me down the hall, wanting yeah. to talk about. It. He ran down the hall yesterday, last night. <laughs> He hates Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> but also loves Ben Roethlisberger, which I feel like is every Steelers. Uh, I have that same relationship with one Aaron Rodgers. Why did he give Jordan Love COVID? Fair square. That's <laughs> just evens. Even Stevens. That's a weird thing. See, the Wonder Boy can get it too. Here's the thing. Jordan Love was vaccinated. He could just get two negative tests in 48 hours. And he's back to practice. They signed some other cat that I never heard of. He's going to come in for one game. Blake Bortles? No, 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 a different one. It's like Mark Ripken Jr. or something. I'm not joking. They signed some kid. Mark Ripken Jr.? Yeah, it's somebody I've never heard of in my life. I'm a big Mark Ripken Mark. One more. We're going to put the 5 o'clock segment on the Lobos for our final reaction to the after-game antics. It's been a lot of Lobos talk thus far today. We'll make an effort to get uh, Coach Patino or someone on later this week, too. We'll... Make sure we talk about this one. After that, we got to let them cool off. Oh, you have to.
I was like, should we should we get a guest from the Lobos? Should we effort somebody from the Lobos? And they're like, for today? No. No. Let them have a day off. They need a breather after that one. We're two men on taking a day off on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. going to happen. I mean, we did it to them when, when, when we won, so we expect them to do the same when, when they won, and, you know, they earned this win, and we got to go back to the drawing board and get better, so. You know, I, I'm more offended by our defense on the last play. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about other people's team. Uh, what I know is we had a couple breakdowns down the stretch that cost us an opportunity to sweep New Mexico State. We didn't do it, so I'm not going to coach their team. Um, I'm going to pour all my energy into getting our guys better. It was Jamal Mashburn Jr. and then Coach Richard Petino on the UNM Lobos. How reasonable of them. From the texter, hi boys, B-O-I-S. Remember this year UNM beats New Mexico State University in football, women's basketball twice, and split in men's basketball. Not too shabby at all. Well, that's absolutely correct. 100%. That's a glass half full kind of guy, and I like that attitude. I'll count softball and baseball too when the time comes. Yeah. Can we count last season? How they do last season? I can tell you about soccer. I'm gonna talk about soccer. Women's soccer, obviously. There's no. I mean, so too, the, too soon, Fred. Too soon. So the game wraps last night. We are there. This is our experience. Okay, I'm what you read on KRQE or what you read wherever else. That's what you read. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I got. So the game ends. Big win for the Aggies. Big win. Sure. They're punching up here. UNM gets more state funding. UNM's the bigger school. UNM gets the more looks. They got the more high-profile coach. By the way, we're still mad about previous coaching situations. Big win. And they are going to go to the logo. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care about the logo. When Terrell Owens stands on the star, I do not care. It's not a big deal. Not to me. means nothing. Coach Petito said what the big deal was. Final play of the game. Playing better defense on the final play of the game. That's a big deal. Because Pryor gets a put back, no look, over the back of his head. Little patty boy. Cool. That's a big play. So, State comes out and they're stomping on, jumping on, squatting down on, halo teabagging on. And there may have been a player, and I have a name, but the guy who gave me the source on it, we were off the record. Okay. But somebody who was courtside gave me a name. Okay. Okay. And they said, it looked as if this New Mexico State player was either spitting or gesturing to spit oh, on the logo. come on. Now, I'll tell you what. This wasn't given to me officially, so I won't give it to the listener. But I'm going to tell you, a friend of mine in real life and a friend of the show. And also, everyone we've ever had on the show was courtside last night. So, sure. could be anyone. Could be anyone. But they said, we saw one guy maybe spitting, maybe just, maybe just pantomiming a spit. So this is what's caught momentum. It was caught fire. Where we were in the media overflow, I didn't see it. You see it? I did not see it. Um, the only thing that I think is borderline disrespectful is a couple of the players like running up to the edge of the court and addressing the fans. Oh, don't go in the student section. Yeah. That's where you catch one. That's where you'll catch one. So that's the only time that I think it got dangerous. Vital, some hey, of those fans. the Lobos did the exact same thing in Las Cruces. <sighs> did they? Because I kind of saw, saw that, and I don't think it was the same. 
Yeah, like I, I'm fine with them jumping on the logo, yep. pointing at the crowd. Yep. Just don't run up close to the crowd. Some like, of those crowd guys, they, they paint their face like juggalos. Yes. They're crazy over there. Yeah. No joke. That is not a joke. They That's actually not, do that. Yes. Yes. Juggle, juggalobo. The juggalobo is very real. That's a, it's, it's not just a thing that's in your dream and scares you, although it is a thing that's in your dreams and scares you. Yeah, both. It's, the juggalobo. It can be both. So, as this one ends, and again... And the juggalobo is probably listening right now, 505-246-0610. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. So, as this one ends, and 13,000 people, less 1,000, 12,000 people are, ju- I mean, just heartbroken. Like, yeah. and, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm heartbroken because I'm too excited that this exists right now. Yes, it's a net positive. Win or loss, that kind of atmosphere, the way the pit turned out, the way the Albuquerque turned out, this is a net positive Albuquerque. One year ago yesterday, I'm in the hospital with COVID-19. You have a different perspective. And I'm like, okay, like, here I go. Like, I'm, I'm living life. I'm as happy as I can be. Lobo fan, who we were surrounded by, ooh. It got dark. It got dark. It got real dark, Lobo fan. It got dark. A little spicy. The boy, Some of the crowd got a little spicy. They were reminding everyone in in hearing distance of a shout that we were currently in the Berkey. Yeah. And that any a pro, any, anyone who was not of understanding of what the Berkey meant, mean, it meant that you needed to be in fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Trying to verbally intimidate Let's say, hypothetically, a woman that we were with who may or may not have gone to one of the universities in question and who was cheering on a victory. And then to the players coming off the court, as they, because you know, at the pit, they have, they have to exit through that ramp, sure. which, by the way, I don't think is ADA accessible, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Sure. What is the incline on that ramp? It's too high. Have you tried going up and running up? Running? Walking is too much. I, would I got n- winded. I had to I had to do a, a brisk reverse jog up. Lean against the wall. Yeah, because I had shin splints afterwards. Sure. I was I was pacing myself a little too fast. And uh legend of sports radio, Henry Tafoya, told me, Hey buddy, you need to slow down. Yeah. You're gonna get winded when you get to the top. Take your time with it. He said, this ramp is made for walking, and that's just what we'll do. Because mm-hmm. one of these days, this ramp, well, it's, it's going to wind you, is what he said. So, fans like Lobo fans rush to the, to the over the ramp entrance, and they're like, rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, Lobos say woof. They don't say rough. <laughs> what are you doing, Lobos <laughs> fan? Blew my mind. I love passion. I love excitement. You beat me to it. I love passion. I love excitement. I love cheering on your team. The emotions. That's, that's when it went too far. These are these are young adults. These are teenagers. The upperclassmen are in their early 20s. They're happy that they won a basketball game. They do not need you to verbally assault them while they're on their way home. Grow up. Aggies fan is in the texture right now telling us just how poor of a loser that these fan bases can be. And I can't use any of this. Text. None of these words I can't are say, safe for radio. I can't say a single one of no. these. The. I can use the. Yeah. I can say and. Is this a biblical reference? Yeah. Oh, God. My goodness. 
I'm telling you, there's so much excitement right now around these two programs, specifically whenever they have to play each other, that you do not need to create a false narrative after this game about slights or perceived slights or enhanced slights. And I'm telling you, I work in talk radio. Necessary embellishment exists for a reason. Does not need to be here. That's unnecessary. The product on the court is good enough to put against anything. Anything that involves spectacle or entertainment. We had that last night at such a high level. You haven't seen that kind of passion no. in a long time in the series. That's what made it even more of a classic game. Michael, I've never seen it here. I have lived here for almost five years. I have never seen what I saw last night at the pit here in Albuquerque. It was the most fun game I've been to in the Rio Grande rivalry. Yes. I can't remember a better game. I go to all of them. It's back. I don't know how to say it. Lobo basketball is officially back. But- hey, hey, hey. Hardcore Lobo fan, take a day. Take a day for yourself. 24 hours. Hopefully it was today. If it's not today, take a day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then after that, grow up. These are young adults. These are teenagers and kids in their early 20s. They don't need your profanity lace ridicule. No. They need your support. All right? Be there. Show up. Be loud. Support the boys. They can't win every game. You know what you could do? Go watch them play Denver on Thursday? Yeah. You do that? With that same fervid intensity. That's how you show your support. And that's the big one. That's on the Mountain West Network. That's the big one of the week. Like, you go out there, pack the house. We are talking... Also, that's the college my daughter goes to, so I'm really excited to like have a house divided oh. and take her to the game and like talk smack. That school's a college hockey power. Yeah, they're so good at hockey. Do you? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, they're yeah, very good. They've got a lot of pro hockey players in the NHL. Yeah. Do is they're really good at all the aggressively Anglo sports, like hockey and lacrosse and swimming. Tennis. Tennis. Golf. They're phenomenal at tennis. I don't know about golf. It's worldwide game. I, can either, I shouldn't have said that. It's I a worldwide can't game. confirm nor deny DU's golf prowess. I'm into it, though. I'm into the – I mean, tough but, loss. Hey, tough two-point loss to the Aggies. Tough. Yeah. You're going to be talking about this one for a while. Yeah. Hey, but nothing Enjoy. is lost here. This is this is a winning program now. This is a winning – this is an exciting program. You've This has just become a to-do. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's must-see TV. Hey, Albuquerque, if you haven't been, if you haven't been in person, you haven't watched them on television, you got a very good program on the rise. And what you have right now is a absolutely wonderful, watchable product with two budding superstars. Look, Mashburn and House are must-see TV. They're wildly entertaining. They're phenomenal basketball players, and they're so much fun to watch. They will put on a show every game. So get out and support your boys. And when they lose, don't get all weird and burkey on them either. Man, it was weird, Vitale. Like you weren't there. It was weird. There's a police intervention. We close, saw a police up. intervention. Yeah, there's some, some police intervention in the crowd. And we're like we're not talking about like like young kids who maybe like had one too many and were like outside their own control because you know it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Sure. We're talking about like like grown ass adults. Sure, like grown men. 
wearing sh- like shorts during the winter. At least salt and pepper hair. That was a dead giveaway, the shorts in the winter. That's when we knew there would be a problem. Like, when they didn't quit drinking after halftime and, like, they still were wearing shorts and a flannel, I was like, Ugh. this one's getting spicy. Grab a break. When we get back, uh, I have reaction to Monday Night Football, which I had to watch after the Lobo game. And uh, it was weird. It was a weird game. It's one of the weirdest games in the history of Monday Night Football. Dave Busters presents Two Men On, one of the weirdest games in the history of football. Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, we're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on T-9. We started our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We're about to talk Monday Night Football, but before we do, I want to make sure everyone knows what's going on at the YMCA right now. The December promotion van which ends in December. Okay? It's a good time for a December promotion to end. Well, yes. So joining time in December and no fees in December. Sweet. And then you can set your first withdrawal because you have to sign up. Like you have to eventually pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can set it for either the 1st of January or the 15th. And that's for regardless of what membership category you get into. So $0 joining fee, no contract. And then you get the 60-minute wellness orientation, the 60-minute personal training, obviously. And you're like, because you're, you're on the board, Van. Yes, I so am. You know all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not talking to me. You're talking to Albuquerque. I'm talking to Vital yeah. because with the Been membership. the Sober October. I don't need it. it okay. I mean, Vital, I'm, I'm, I saw how excited you got when I gave you that brownie earlier. So I feel like you might need it. Free membership includes access to both Horn and McLeod YMCA locations, unlimited access to the fitness facility and the Horn Sports Performance Center, free unlimited group exercise, free unlimited spin cycle, free unlimited live stream to the virtual and staff-led group exercises, the youth conditioning classes, personal training and massage therapy rates. So, I mean, I don't know why you're not already. We are proud members of the YMCA. We hope that you will also be proud members of the YMCA. And we are going to do our YMCA potluck tomorrow morning. Yeah, we'll be there in the morning. So we'll be there tomorrow morning at the Horn facility. Uh, celebrate. What are you making, Van, for the potluck? Because I'm just going to put my name on whatever you bring. It's well, bring a, lot of, a lot of people are listening, so I can't give it away. Okay. It's going to be a very fun surprise dish. Uh, Vital, you don't know this one. When Van cooks, he stays um, recipe adjacent. He he recognizes that there's a recipe, but then is not afraid to take liberty. Have you heard of uh, the rapper Juice? Oh, gosh, no. So me and Juice have a very good freestyle <laughs> game. His is in rapping, and mine is in food. Speaking of food, I don't think we have Vital's uh, best interests in mind with our snacks lately. No, you did poorly today. You brought him a brownie, and I brought him a Coke and M&M's. It's a lot of sugar for our dude over there. Yeah, well, and you know what? They both tasted great. So keep bringing it on. Did. Keep bringing it. You just had like 400 grams of sugar. Also, this Vital, like, and I, like, if you, anyone, if any listener or friend of the show is like, hey, Fred, remember that time you said this? I'll say I didn't. You're kind of the backbone here, Michael. Like, you make this whole thing work. Like, you're the reason, you're the reason this building's even standing, really. Well, I appreciate that, but I love when you bring the junk food. <laughs> no compliments, just junk food. So I usually bring Vitalik grapes and carrots and, he and turns apples. Him, he turns them away, turns his nose up to him. Yeah. He probably throws away the carrots. He says, No, I love carrots. <laughs> nah, no. no. You know what? I grew up like you never throw food away kind of thing. 
Vitello does not love carrots. Vitello loves a ranch ointment, and that's how he eats it via carrot. Ranch ointment. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this again? We're going to do this one again? Last night's Monday Night Football game, I caught after the Lobo game, and by caught, I mean just the highlights. Here are the highlights for the Patriots. Three completions, 19 yards passing. I'm not talking about a series. I'm not talking about a half. I'm not talking about a quarter. I'm not. I'm talking about a game. You talking about the game, Mac Jones? I don't understand. Oh my gosh, Sirius doesn't want Siri doesn't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> I'm talking about 19 yards passing. What it was windy? What? It was insanely windy. It was a wintry mix. I will agree with that. What was the final score last night? 14-10? 14-10, yep. So Belichick just took the game out of Mac Jones's hands because he's a rookie and just said, okay. Not because he's a rookie. I dare you to try to run. You try to stop our run, Buffalo. Hey, forget that because he's a rookie stuff, though. It was because, like, God said. God was like, the weather's not going to allow this one today, boys. You just see what God just did to us, man? <laughs> God, as a New England Patriots fan, I told you to take the absolute under, and I told you to take the Patriots. If you listened, you're sitting fat today. I got it wrong. Oh, well, uh, yes. Hey, man, I've been slipping on my pick uh, I've gone from first in the league to all the way to second. Well, I mean, yeah, this is the Alabama-Georgia rules. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> So the well, pay- what did you, what did you who did you have last night, Van? You had Buffalo. I had Buffalo in the over. Oh, I thought no, I thought oh. they I thought they both would have gotten to low twenties scoring, but can't get them all. His- that weather was bonkers. Did you see them lining up and practicing field goals before the game? They were kicking them to the left, so they would go to the right. They were crazy. kicking them all the way to the left side of the post, and they would go all the way past the goal. They. W- so they score early, and they're like, we can't go for an extra point. No one can do this. Yeah, let's go for two. The 40-mile-an-hour winds. All right, hang The lowest, Fred, the lowest the winds were were 20 miles an hour. That's they're, the lowest. They're <laughs> lucky that game didn't get decided by a game-winning field goal. Yeah. Well, well, it Buffalo, would have been either Buffalo way. blew, what, two of them? Oh, I'm, maybe. Um, you know how fast 20 miles an hour is? Uh, Usain Bolt. Do you remember exactly that? You remember that Huffy you got stolen from your apartment? <laughs> that barely goes 20. That goes like 22 miles an it hour. It had a little speedometer, and I got it up to 23 miles per hour. 23? Yeah. Okay, see? There you go. You had a speed- speedometer Of on course it? I did. <laughs> Fred, hey, Fred never speeds. A little inside baseball, a little behind the curtain. I've never seen Fred speed one time. Like in a car? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely will never speed. Yeah. The, the limit is set for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a limit on on the road I'm I'm currently on. You must get the looks when they drive by you, <laughs> go I, around you. I'm the one with the Prius, and he's the one that doesn't speed ever. Never ever. Like if the flow of traffic is going faster than you, you know, like like hey, okay, all right, follow the rabbit. Here we go. Well, uh, well, my father Randall raised a leader. Okay. So when I'm out there, I'm setting the precedent. Well, people are still whizzing by you all the time. I'm in the right lane a lot. Like I, 
Also, I can tell you about like kind of everything that's going on in the city because I have time to look around as I drive. Don't look around while you're driving. Well, I'm only going to the speed limit. That's so wildly are dangerous. You, are you at a safe distance when at the last moment that car ahead of you wants to make a right turn into a drive? Vital, I am at a three-second pace on everyone who's in front of me. You think I'm joking. I'm not. Well, it's one car length for every 10 miles per hour, Vital. And I'm easily and three car lengths. It. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a bit. This is real. I... I don't chance driving. You think it's weird, Vital, that the the old man slow who complains about everything, waving his fist <laughs> on his front porch, drives slow, just so happens to have on a cardigan today? I am wearing a cardigan. How perfect is that? Well, it was chilly out this morning. <laughs> it, was a, it was crisp. It was chillers, yeah. <laughs> also, Vital, you know this when I drive. I'm like a big, like... I'm just gonna say I'm like a big like NPR talk radio guy as I drive. Sure. So I'm just like in the zone. I'm like car- I'm listening to car talk. I'm like what? I'm like I'm living the dream right here. Uh, you said it wrong. It's Catac. Catac. <laughs> welcome, like welcome back to Catac. We got a Hyundai Sonata. No, we had <laughs> lost. By the time my car was stolen like a month ago, we haven't really talked about it on air, but. I've had two stolen in the last five years. I was a victim of a crime. My goodness. I'm just and, bo- and both times APD has found it somewhere. What? And and it's all been trashed and the parts been sent south. So okay. How did they identify? Like a serial number on like your engine block or something? Yeah, I had yeah. a I had a brand new Honda that was taken and then I had another I had a Toyota and that was ripped off too. So like often I hear people are like, Hey, if you're the victim of a crime, like if you're robbed, like call the police. So I call the police. I don't feel like they went looking for my car. Like, I'm not trying to say they didn't, but literally the police report says, case closed. The second I gave it to them, I'm like, what is, what's going oh, on here? Bad. So anyways, I have no idea where that car ended up. It is gone forever. Mine got chopped and sent south. Maybe mine did. I hope it turns up. I want to hear the story. I want it to eventually turn up. Yeah. Because I'm a big revenge guy. And, like, whoever is with it, then I'm going to be like, oh, cool, full extent of the law. That's my plan. Or Thunderdome. Here's what, see, there you got it. Yep. That's what I wanted to happen is, like, it gets reinforced with steel, and it's, like, in a demolition derby, and it's, like, the nicest car at the demolition derby. They got, like, a bunch of 86 Cutlass Sierras, and then, what was it, like a 2015 Hyundai Sonata? That's what it was. <laughs> And so just, you got to get a, a more of a beat up car where there's paint on it, spray paint. No, that's why primer. you that's why you Mad Max it out and you yeah put weld a bunch of iron spikes on it and apologize to your knuckles before you go into battle for like what you're going to do to them. Mm-hmm. I'm about that life. Historic night last night for Mac Jones. That's all I was trying to get to. <laughs> we'll get there. Grab a break because I know we're up against it. Where we get back, uh, there's a lot going on, man. You want to go NBA? We'll do that. NBA talk after this. It's Dave and Buster's, which presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico, 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. So we are about, I don't know. 17, 20 days away from really picking up our NBA coverage. Because I'm like you, friend of the show. I, I watch the NBA after Christmas. But there's some stuff going on right now. So the NBA has released 
A memo? I'm going to use the word memo. I don't know what word to use. Sure. And it warns unvaccinated players in the United States that if you try to cross the border to travel, you will not be allowed back into the United States. So if you're on, like, a temporary, like, NBA players have, like, work visas to go to, like, Toronto to Mm. play against the Raptors or whatever. So you can't come back, and that's going to start January 15th. I must not be understanding this story correctly. Okay. Or my reading comprehension is getting progressively worse. Let me help. Because I thought they just couldn't go into Canada unvaccinated, period. Um, Returning doesn't matter. So there's, all right, so you can go into Canada unvaccinated to work. Okay. Um, And you have to get, like, special exception, and they have these temporary visa statuses that, like, NBA players can get. Okay. okay. But like say if you live in Detroit and you're being you're on the lam from the law and you're trying to cross into Canada with like four thousand dollars in your pocket, you're not gonna be able to get across like into Canada because they'll be like there's no cross border travel, you unvaccinated degenerate. Right. Okay. Let's say hypothetically that some kid stole your guns and yeah. shot R- up a school and right. you got charges on what your kid did and yeah. you tried to flee Cannot do to it. Canada. You can't do that. But if you're an NBA player who is unvaccinated, you cannot come back. Okay. So this is like, so say like All-Star Weekend, if you want to leave the country, cannot leave the country because the United States is not going to let you come back on that temporary work exemption. Now, obviously, this applies to everyone, but it's in the sports world, it's the NBA. Because right now, you don't go to Canada to play football. Right now, Johnny Manziel does. Also, like, don't, hey, don't mess with Canadian football teams. You act like the Lobos fan did last night against Canadian football teams. They go in the crowds. Yes. They don't care. I love that story. So this is the new deal. Hey, also, don't pour beer on people. No, do not pour beer on people. First off, waste of beer. You're an idiot. Do you know what a beer costs Number two, game? you deserve what's coming. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Lobo fan that got upset that the team from down south won and started yelling at the players leaving the tunnel, that's already crossing a line. If you pour a beer on one of them and they come into the stands and beat you up, you deserve it. I would like to see neither of those things happen, but hey. I don't want anyone to ever get beat up. Except for Logan Paul. Jake Paul. Uh, Even them. So here I have it in front of me. The Toronto Argos versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So after a Tiger Cats fan allegedly spit beer into an Argos face, the mouse in the palace too. (laughs) The Argonauts were like, okay, here we go. There's video all around. We'll actually... Can you put this on our social media, Van? We'll put this on our social media. Everything's at TalkABQ. Sure. But, yeah, it's too much. And the CFL players, uh, they're not the same, cut from the same cloth. You know what I mean? Like, these are all hockey players that couldn't skate. It's the CFL. These are like, every CFL team is like 50 Happy Gilmores. And watch out. The CFL is very, like, um, if you're thinking of the CFL as a university, it's like last chance you. Sure. Yeah. Like, if you're playing in the CFL, it's because well, maybe we should call TJ Trout because you're Johnny Menzel-esque. 
So this is the new the law. Whole, the whole league is the 10 worst Raiders players. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> so if the NBA can get up to 100% vaccination, this is not a story that applies to the NBA. The NBA says it's at like 97%. So that's good that they say that. But like actually or like Jerry Jones math? Oh, Jerry Jones math. Do you see what Jerry Jones said? <laughs> he said, he said, our, our team's 100% vaccinated because we got all these players who got vaccinated and everyone else who didn't get vaccinated got COVID. So now they're vaccinated. It's not how it works, Jerry. That's not math. Jerry, that is not how it works whatsoever. DeMar DeRozan, everything he shoots, it goes in. He is now on the health and safety protocol, joining Kobe White and Javante Green. Both of them, Van, tested positive for COVID-19 last night. You've been watching the Bulls at all? I know you haven't. It's not Christmas yet. but Oh, I've, I've watched some. The Bulls are, like, one of my favorite teams this year. It's crazy how they're playing. Yeah, they're very good. Zach Levine is nuts, nuts out there. Put early predictions on the Bulls if you're the type of guy who puts early predictions on things. So, DeMar DeRozan, everything he shoots, it goes in. He is out 10 games, or excuse me, 10 days, unless he can supply back-to-back negs, mm-hmm. which we, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. So that's going on with them. So does that like alter things at the top of the East right now? Maybe a little bit it does. Eh. A couple games here and there. It's early. Yeah. These things tend to happen in a 82-game basketball season. Vital's favorite word, load management. Uh, you always talk about that, Vital. A lot of load management throughout the year, small injuries, people get sick. It's just amplified during COVID now. COVID's tough if you have comorbidities. Unrelated story, Zion Williamson's up to 330 pounds, and it's all over the internet. Gosh, he's a big guy as it is. He's my size, Vital. So let's just put this in perspective. I'm 6'6". I'm probably 265 right now. Closer to 270, maybe. Holiday oh, weight. I doubt it. Holiday weight. You're a Zvelte 260. So if you had me at my height, and you put another, what did I say I was, 260? 70, 80, another 90, 100 pounds? 120, 100. You put another 60 pounds on my frame? 70. 70 pounds on my frame? Yeah. That's Zion Williamson? What? That's it's and there's like pictures on the internet. Like that, this, that's why he gets injured. Well, because your body can't sustain. I'm t- I'm this big. I'm currently this big. Life is hard. You have foot problems. Bigger guys usually do. I got an ankle thing. I've had it in my whole life though. I think Zion would like to say he's not getting fat. He's cultivating mass. So <laughs> once he once he's about to get back on the court, he'll probably do a big cut. You know. Get rid of a lot of that weight. You remember what James Harden looked like at the beginning of last year? He looked like he got stung by a bee equally all over his whole body. That's what he looked like. What what Zion yeah, that's a good one. What Zion Williams needs to do is get a hold of like Carmelo Anthony's trainer. He needs to find like that dude. And I'm not even saying Zion Williamson has got to get his life right forever, because he don't, but he gotta get it right to at least the next contract. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. Well, he likes the food. <laughs> Who wouldn't? He's just chopping up and snorting beignets every morning. Also, like, no, he's not. 
The Pelicans are 7-19. and 19. You think they would like for their superstar Duke everything to figure it out? I would appreciate that. He's fun to watch. He's missed so much time in his first couple of years in the league. Yeah. He's going to end up with that weird moniker, like like the Greg Oden moniker. We've been talking about Greg Oden for 15 years. He's only 33. Yeah. That's going to end up being the story, though. I mean, he should listen to Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal said his biggest regret is not staying in elite shape throughout his career and just going by his natural talent. Yeah. That's his biggest regret of his whole life is not taking it more seriously. Well, I think his biggest regret would be getting in the wrong profession. Because if Shaquille O'Neal become a pro wrestler early in his career, he would be the richest oh, man on the planet. Man. You think I'm joking? You know, they would have done with him like Andre the Giant. Like, and he's got personality. He yeah, can act. He'd be great. Hey, forget the Lakers. We were talking about 16, 16, 16, 16 time world heavyweight champion Shaquille O'Neal. I take that back. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but I think his biggest regret was Kazam. I think that should be his biggest regret. <laughs> Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Man, is singer-songwriter important to you? The title? Like, does it matter to you? The genre? So, earlier today, I was on Robert Gibson's social media. Okay. And he was talking about, like, controversial music takes. Okay. Robert Gibson, who hosts the show Mondays and Fridays here. And he was... Actually, I'll pull it up while I'm talking to you. So, he was saying, like, hey, what is your your hot music take? Like, so all these people were like, like, what's your music confession? And people were like, I don't, I don't really get the difference in East coast, West coast and, and whatever. They're going down the different lines of it. And I think my hot take is, I don't care if you write your own songs. Like, I feel like writing your own songs means nothing to me. Okay. Now that you say it like that, I am directly oppo. You think it's important? I think it's very important. Whether I'm listening to a singer-songwriter or a rapper or what, whatever type of music it is, I want them to be the person that wrote it. I'm going to tell you right now, the greatest entertainer in the history of all like sung music is Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks has never written his own songs. And that, to me, is where I'm like, I, it, it has zero value to me. Well, see, that's, where, that's also where we differ because you're looking for an entertainer. I'm looking for an artist. I want somebody to compose a piece of art and weave a bunch of songs together to make an album that I will consider on par with a painting. You see where I'm going with this? You just want to be entertained. I yearn for it. Yeah. That's why you like Garth Brooks, Taylor Swift, Nelly. Well, see, I don't like Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift writes her own stuff. Oh, and there you go. And it's all garbage. She's entertaining. If you were to give Taylor Swift like a song that had like any weight to it, I'd be like, okay, I'm into Taylor Swift. But when you give Taylor Swift the opportunity to just be like, I'm going to jot down any sad sack stuff that I've come up with, 
I'm out. I'm 100 percent out. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go date John Mayer again. I'm out of material. Right. This yeah. is to me why rappers suck. Because it's like whenever you start, who's the most obvious one? Eminem. Whenever you start, I get it. You're writing from a place of like understanding and struggle, and I can connect with you. But now, what are you, you gonna rap about your champagne problems? That's why you can't keep doing it. That's why, like, in my opinion. You need someone to like prepare that material for you, and then it's how you deliver it. And to me, that's where the skill is. No, I think an artist should go through their life's journey. You can't be poor and struggling your whole life. If you're finding success, talk about the pitfalls of that. But that I, I'm not you with you. You can use Kendrick Lamar as an example okay. from Good Kid, Mad City to, to Pimp a Butterfly to Damn. Those three albums have three completely different vibes and three different moments from his life but they're all wonderful pieces of art i wanted to make sure i i pulled it up here because i want to make sure i have the right album so obviously starting with reasonable doubt reasonable doubt by jay-z is fire a banger a banger it's one of my favorite early 90s hip-hop which i don't have to pull that one up because everyone in the world knows that it exists mm -hmm. do you know the the last jay-z album the last one yeah uh, um you don't no so it's called a written testimony and i got no clue i'm not the biggest jay-z guy well because i got no, a lot of respect for him very talented i like a few of his albums a lot but he's not in my top 10 you don't have the most respect for him like because he's fallen out of the game like what is the last thing that jay-z put out that collaboration with justin timberlake i don't even i don't even know what that is it's that suit and tie i know he did some stuff with kanye uh yeah the um, was it the throne with Kanye I listened to that one Frank Ocean was on that one a lot and I really like Frank Ocean the blueprint is the last Jay Z album and I'm about to blow your mind that was 20 years ago he's only no oh, he, that's he had um oh God what's it called the one after he cheated on Beyonce the black album no three oh I'm going blank here the black album in 03 I would say is the last banger 3333 is that what it is. When he was doing, you're not talking about the Blueprint 3, because that's nothing. No. He started releasing. Ah, the wrong number. 444. Four, four, yeah. four, four, four. That was good. It was okay. That was good. I like that one. If, if you're, That's the last time I listened to a whole Jay-Z album beginning to end, and that must have been like eight years ago. I think the last time I listened to one was 04, and it was a Collision Course album with Lincoln, with Lincoln Park, because I had no idea. Five years ago. And the 444 album, your muse is... The, mo the most talented, desirable, beautiful, wonderful, perfect partner, spouse in the world. I had an affair on, and, it, and her sister beat me up. I'm not in. It was a good album. Singer-songwriters, to me, are overrated. They're, they're, they're nothing. It's, it's a very important to me to know that what I'm listening to was created by the person that's singing it, and it's an actual piece of their life and their art. So, from the texter. Garth Brooks does write some of his songs. George Strait has only written a few of his songs, but Garth writes most of his. I'm going to check that. I'm going to tell you, I don't feel it's that way. Friend of the show, Luke. Let's grab a break. Whenever we get back, Major League Baseball talk. We're two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program. Quitting time. Well, it's 6 o'clock because you're quitting time. Quitting time. A lot of Lobo talk in the first hour. Really broke down a banger last night as the Aggies were able to upset your Lobos 
in overtime by a single basket. Thank you to Coach Mike Bradbury who joined us to talk the women's team. They got a big matchup in Arizona this upcoming weekend. Van, this weekend I am in Las Vegas, New Mexico, as Highlands is taking on Regis, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Philbin? <sighs> Where is Regis? Can he still hoop like that? Yeah, you think that he ever hooped? Yes. Re- Regis University is in Denver, Colorado. Vital. Ah. Is it Regis like the hairstyling place? It's a regional. No, it's like guys. It's, it's like a real college. Yeah, it's like a Jesuit, like Catholic, like university kind of thing. They're in the they're in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Okay, I mean it's like a cool school. Check it out. Send your kids up there. I don't. I mean, don't really. I don't know. I'm, you don't have to. I wouldn't. Send them to Las Vegas. Send them to Denver U. Definitely. That's a good cut. Co- now that now you're talking. That's a good school. Your daughter though is like super smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your daughter can hang at Denver U. Yeah. Me or you go to Denver U? Nope. I'm lost. Nah. I'm not getting through the first semester there. Oh heck no. When you start, like, what are these things lying all over the place? Whatever R- those are. Those are beakers, Van. Those are beakers. <laughs> your RA would be like, Van. We we have concern over how you've decorated your dorm. <laughs> The offseason for Major League Baseball has been a roller coaster of emotion for me. I want to hit on a couple highlights. Hit me. The gusher that was free agent signings was the best hot stove I had ever seen. And obviously it was because of the looming lockout. Right. And I think Major League Baseball has to like give it more than a long thought on saying you can sign free agents up until the winter meetings, and then after the winter meetings, here is a a rate or a or a base or this only one year deals similar to the way the NBA does it. Cause that would allow to replicate what we have just experienced, which is to me the most entertaining offseason up until this lockout that I think I had ever seen. Yeah, I my heart is legit broken because, as you know, MLB Trade Rumors is my favorite website. Yeah, Ghost Town MLB Trade Rumors. I have it ranked slightly higher than that something hub one. Uh, you know, you know, I like that one a lot too. That's a but YouTube thing. I, I don't know. Okay, but yeah, it broke my heart that the the labor stoppage stopped the hot stove. It wouldn't have been as hot though. Yes, it would have. It would There's not. still so many good players left. Are you talking about Chris Bryant? Yeah. Nick Castellanos. Yes. Michael Conforto. Yes. Carlos Correa. Yes. Freddie Freeman. Yes. Clayton Kershaw. Yes. Tony Rizzo. Yes. Kyle Schwarber. Yes. Trevor Story. Yes. There's still an all-star team left in the free agent market. Still out there. There absolutely is. I wonder if, like, GMs are, like, hiring children to throw paper airplanes over their walls at their homes and be like, sign with the Giants. And it's like written in kids' crayon. Yeah. Like, you can't trace this back to me. I don't use crayons. I'm the general manager of a baseball team. Yeah. Why would I do that? C- cray- crayon? You mean Crayolas? This is your niece's handwriting, Steve. Yeah. Rob Manfred says. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, I think something's got to change with the offseason. And I know it's not going to be up for the debate here, but if you had, similar to, similar to the NBA, 
like a a a process where it was hey you can offer any amount of money like to up to this date and i just use the winter meetings because that's an easy one but if you were to be like after that it's one year deals and it's like minimum deals because that's what makes the nba free agency work so well that's what makes like well the nfl is a little different i think that's worth some thought i think that's worth some perspective to have a hard date that all the deals have to be done by so you can start preparing your roster for the upcoming season. But you kind of got to let the free market run wild. If it takes a long time, if Carlos Correa wants to surround and wait and wait and wait for the best deal, try to control the market, then good for him. He should be able to get the most that he can get. Sure, I agree with that. Why can't you do it in six weeks? What's wrong with taking three months? Because that's I'm saying it's unnecessary. Because if you, if you give me an opportunity to do it all in six weeks, then after six weeks, I have that remaining two and a half months or whatever to, to like put it into the team talk. Because now I'm going from what it was to you got these big deals done. You had my world of excitement. I get to take Christmas off, which I like. Yeah. And whenever I come back after the new year, it's, uh, hey, here's the guys that are still available. And I, like off that list that we just pulled, I don't know who the one guy would be. Let's say Trevor Story for the sake of an example. To say, hey, where would Trevor Story fit in the the one year, whatever that number is, eighteen million dollar one year, like arbitrate or not arbitration, but like um, oh, what's it called? Tip of my tongue. Not qualifying offer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So if you're like, if you're like, hey, there, here's the qualifying one year offer. That's all you can sign right now. And then if you want to talk about sliding those guys in, cool. But I don't necessarily think. There would be a plethora of those guys available. Man, I the way you're describing it, I, I I see the spirit of it. I see the scope of it. But I think it, the manager, the GMs getting together, the owners getting together, if you have a hard date that everyone has to be signed by, mm-hmm. and after that, contracts are only worth X or whatever, yeah. you're just begging for collusion. Like, the owners and the GMs would be like, oh, we're not signing anybody until this date. And then after that, it's a fire sale. Kmart's going out of business after the winter meetings. The NBA doesn't do it, though. Like, the NBA's got to figure out a way to where, by the way, bird rules and all that stuff, I, I recognize there's a lot of. Yeah. But with the NBA, and those numbers don't go against your cap, which I know there's not a camp cap in Major League Baseball, but there's a luxury tax. But then the winter meetings would be a lot of conversations about, like, oh, my gosh, we didn't get to sign, and we don't have an opportunity to sign Trevor Story. So now let's what can we shop in our minor league markets? What can we – move from our rosters. I just think it might be another dynamic. That's all. And by the way, I loved the last three weeks before the lockout. Yeah, I had a blast with it. And it was just getting super hot. But you know there's going to be a lockout. And they, the reason they locked it out is because if they didn't lock it out, the players were going to strike. It was inevitable. They're so far apart on so many topics that there a strike was inevitable. So they're just like, nah, 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 you can't fire me. I quit. You can't go on strike. We're on a lockout. Whenever Noah Syndergaard signed that first deal, I guess Aguardo Rodriguez was kind of the first one. He was the first, yeah. But so, like in the middle of November, when those two deals came through, I was like, I was like, okay, here it goes. And then there was like this lull. Yeah. And then that lull was just blown away with with every deal. By the way, Max Scherzer is apparently gonna gonna pick the next like manager for the Mets, which is incredible. You just got there, so congratulations Good to job. you. I just think a little tweak wouldn't hurt it. I think for Major League Baseball, because the game 
and you're not going to respond well to this, but because the game is older and the game is dated and the game is a little boring to individuals that don't love the game, you got to always be evolving it. Congratulations to Roy Jones Jr. as my favorite boxer through my lifetime. Uh, just got announced to be in the Hall of Fame. Not only is he one of the greatest boxers of the generation, he's also easily the best fighter in the history of Fight Night, EA Sports boxing video game. So congratulations. He's going to be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame? Yes, he is. That's crazy. They just assumed he'd be really good. If he would have played, he would have been in the Hall for sure. That just came across your ticker? I haven't seen that yet. Yep, Boxing Hall of Fame class. Uh, James, Tony, and Miguel Cotto are also in there. Ah, the Flying Molinas. Nice. Max Scherzer wants Buck Showalter to be the Mets' next manager. Ooh, I like dinosaurs, too. I was about to say that. (laughs) That's a major development, though. Who else would you get? Who's going to go to New York and manage? I couldn't name anyone. Who likes money? That's the answer. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the Mets, I mean, the Mets aren't done. I told you at the beginning of this hot stove that the Mets are going to do more moves than anybody. They're going to spend more money than anybody, and they're already there. With the moves that the Mets just made, they're third in predictive war behind the Yankees and Dodgers, or I should say Dodgers and Yankees, on season-long war next year. So they're they're making big moves already. I bet a lot of managers would like to be in New York and get that job. I just don't know who's the guy. Like who 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 are you gonna try to get? Like an obvious one is like former St. Louis Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. I think that would be an option. But outside of that, what about the other Mike, Mike Matheny? Yeah. No, he ain't leaving the Royals. You don't think? No, that's what I'm saying. Like who's available? Who's out there where you're like in the baseball world? You're like, oh, that's the next. That's the next whoever. Like a Carlos Beltran or Alex Cora. Somebody like that. Like who's, cheaters? Who's, Are you talking about cheaters? Who's the new Gabe Kapler? Whoever that is would be a good fit. It's not It's not Lewis Rojas. I don't know. It's, I, it's, a, it's something to think about. I think baseball needs something positive right now. And if there were to be, and obviously you'd have to work with the Players Association, so it's not going to happen now. But if there were to be an announcement, I'd say, okay. I like this offseason move. Also from the texter saying Garth Brooks wrote his own songs. I'm looking at it. We Googled it. He's co-written a few. He's co-written 30. Yeah. Garth Brooks has literally only written two of his own songs. And of the 30 that and he's... they were his two worst. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. Thunder Rolls is a good song. That one was co-written. Yeah, it's co-written. Yeah. All the co-written. There's some good ones. There's some gems in that co-written stuff. He co-wrote... Unanswered Prayers, which I will tell you is a very good song. One of God's greatest gifts. Papa Loved Mama, he co-wrote. Now, what were the two you said he wrote on his own? Oh, oh, that's that was ages ago. Yeah, I, I deleted forgot. that already. Yeah. So they were not bangers. But I'm telling you, greatest entertainer of all time. Do not care if you write your own songs. It doesn't matter to me. Let's grab a break. Where we get back, more sports-adjacent talk. Notre Dame released their schedule today, Van. That's what I want to go over. You want to know why? It's for cowards. I'll break that down for you. Okay. Dave Busters presents Two Men On.
live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program. So Notre Dame Van releases their schedule today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just teams and dates, no times, but whatever. So they're going to play. Are you ready for this? Opening the season in Columbus, they're going to play the Buckeyes. It's a good game, right? Opening day. Yeah. Wow. It's ballsy. Tickets are already on sale. They're going to sell out real fast. Immediately after that, they're going to play Marshall at home because you want to get a win at home. Then the California Golden Bears at home. Then on the road to North Carolina. Take a week off the first week of October and keep that in mind. Then... In Las Vegas, they're going to play the BYU Cougars. Interesting. Okay. I can already tell you why. No one wants to party at BYU. Put that party in Las Vegas. Has the ability to, you should say. Correct. Yeah. Legally. Stanford Cardinals at home after that. UNLV Rebels at home. Don't want to go to Las Vegas twice. This is what happens the first time there, Van. Mm. Stays there. There you go. Syracuse Orange in Syracuse, Clemson Tigers home. Go to Baltimore to play the midshipmen. I do like that. That's nice. That's nice. Isn't it? Boston College at Notre Dame. And then ending the season as strong as you started on the road at USC. Now, Van, I've just given you the full scheduled. For the coward Notre Dame Fighting Irish that refused to, in the bye week, figure out a way to play LSU, even if it doesn't count for points, because Brian, don't call me Chip Kelly, that turncoat, went to LSU. Little Benedict Arnold Palmer down there. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Little Brian Kelly benedict arnold you okay uh, buddy now nah, i ruined that one. Oh man this is cowardly though right uh for for your reasoning um all things being equal with yeah. your with your reasoning yes it is but why would they bother they don't need that kind of attention they don't need that kind of drama they're already playing ohio state and usc if they win their first and their last game they're gonna have a heck of a season they think they're a Pac-12 team playing California and Stanford. Yeah, Cal, Stanford, USC. Hey, why don't you take one of those three Pac-12 teams? I don't care which one. Probably not USC. Pull one out of there and play LSU, you cowards. Beat up on the guy who just left you. We kind of glossed over playing Clemson, too. Don't care about that. Those are three really hard games, USC, Clemson, and Ohio State. You know what the hardest thing to do is? Get over your ex. <laughs> I say do it in Notre Dame. Make them come back. 
immediately make them come back. Yeah, forget start a new rivalry while they're there. Get rid of the Ohio State home opener. Throw it out. While the the new coach, the old defensive coordinator, it's just sloppy seconds so your real relationship starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to fall in love again. I want to fall in love with hating you. Mm-hmm. While you plot and scheme how to either get even or get them back. Max Johnson, the quarterback at LSU, 60% completions, Vital. 2,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, 27. I'm an idiot. Only six picks. We're talking a guy who's displayed flashes of brilliance this okay. season at LSU. He hates Brian Kelly, too. He went in the transfer portal today. He's I was going to say, I thought he... <laughs> he said, I'm out. <laughs> he does one of those weird leprechaun vibes from Indiana. Hey, you know, He's like, hey, man, this... We don't we don't do that down no. here. Unless he wants to go to Notre Dame, become the quarterback there. Be with family. That'd be sweet. I wish you hadn't this. That'd be a power move. Also, his stud tight end brother, who was getting recruited this year and committed to LSU, decommitted. Ooh. Yep. I hate you, Brian Kelly. I hate you with all my heart. Did I just do an impression of Max Johnson or Notre Dame? You don't know. Yeah, who knows? Only you. <laughs> That's so dumb, too. Because you're like, Brian Kelly's going to come into LSU, and he's going to go, uh, we got an open competition across the board here for every position. So if you're Max Johnson, just go to any other team and have an open competition. I'm not about to openly fight for this job that I've had just because no one in the whole world can trust you. If we can get both of them here in Albuquerque, and they're brothers and they're two men, I think – a good name, image, likeness from two men on. You think that'll get them That's here? Very smart. I can give them like 13, 14 bucks probably. Up front? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. And then like another 25, 30 a month. You got clout. Yeah. Hey, I'll John. commit. I'll tell you what. I'll take a leap here. Name, image, likeness for these two brothers, 50 bucks a month. That's start. You going to match it, Fred? If they cash app, I'll match it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going hand to hand? I don't have time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody. I'm a busy guy. I will say this, though. I'm not going to just up and leave you for $9 million. I would. I'm lying. I would do exactly what Brian Kelly did in every single circle. Sure. No matter what. Yeah. We've, we've discussed this ad nauseum on this show already. Hey, Golden Helmets, cool. Awesome. I'm happy for you, too. Go crazy, Golden Helmet people. You're in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. You're not that far from Chicago. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Hundred miles. I mean, it's where like you can go up there to like catch a concert or something. No, because you're too busy being in Indiana. Oh God. Yeah. I've been in Indiana. It's near the bottom. I think I told you this. I tried to get a haircut in Indiana one time. I went to the barber shop. And they don't put a guard on the clippers. I'm like, what are you what are you doing? You're gonna no guard me? They're like, what you don't just let it grow for a month? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I get a haircut every fourteen days because I'm an adult. Keep it tight. I walked in to get a I walked in the barbershop by Todd, I didn't have work boots on. They were like, What is what city slicker? I'm like, we are in a city. Where are you from? Yeah. Weird. Hey, you wouldn't have that problem in Gary. 
Indiana. Well, I mean, you would have a lot yeah, of problems a lot there, of though. Ones. Not that problem. <laughs> You'd have a lot of them, though. Deciding on which rice house to eat at. That would be my problem in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Your boy Jason Garrett, Michael, is being rumored to be the next head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. How do you feel about that? Uh, take the job. In what sport? We have a boring system in the NFL. <laughs> Hey, he's failed everywhere he went. Let's give him another shot. What do you say? He was a backup, if you guys recall, to Troy Aikman. Do you remember that? Or Tony Romo. Yeah. Or one of them. Both. (laughs) And then he was the hotness because Jerry Jones' radio station that Jerry Jones owns told everyone that he was the hotness. Sure. And he was like a son to him. Is that true? Yeah. where did you come across that information? Uh, I said that years ago. Oh, okay. 23 and Me. <laughs> That's where he got that information. Duke doesn't football well. They have moments. They have little moments. They I can't remember a time from my life. <sighs> exactly. Four or five years yeah. ago, didn't they have a good team? Or Daniel they, Jones, didn't they have a good year with him? That's who it was, Daniel Jones. And I couldn't come up with it off the top of my head. Still then, though. Yeah. <laughs> Even then. So the question is, will Jason Garrett leave the NFL to go to the college game? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know where Jason Garrett's coaching right now. Giants, I think, maybe. The OC with the G-men. There you go. See ya. I'm leaving the NFL to go down to Duke because, you know, number one, there's no expectation there. Number two, anything you do is better than what they're currently doing. Number three, Carolinas are nice. There's a, there's like a lot of really good golf down there. I would prefer the Carolinas over a lot of places. Oh, my gosh, yes. A lot of places. The Car- the Carolinas are a gem. Underrated. Similar to New Mexico. It's kind of like northern New Mexico. Yeah. Like, hey, we're the best place in the country, but we're not going to tell you yeah. that. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Keep it down. You could turn us into Phoenix. Nobody wants that. Lit- Vi- Vital, would you like to be living in Phoenix? Oh, I used to for a year. I love Phoenix. All right. I take everything I just said back. <laughs> Grab a break real quick. Some NFL news. Dave and Busters presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. And we started our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. All right, man. Let's say you're 20 or 21 years old, okay? Say you're a football player. Okay. Let's say you got a big bowl game coming up. Football. But you have the possibility to play in the NFL eventually, man. That's your goal, right? Sure. So. If you had potential to be high first-round draft pick, would you quit your quit on your team and quit on your everyone involved that loves the school that giving you the opportunity to make it even to the next level? Skip out on the bowl game, forego your senior season, and announce that you're now eligible to be drafted by whatever team, <coughs> the Detroit Lions, that are going to draft first. 
Uh, there has to be a lot of X's in this equation. If I'm being reasonable and analyzing the situation, I would want to know the relationship with my teammates and coaches, et cetera, et cetera. But with that being said, I play. Like, I play with my friends and teammates one more time, try to go out with a bang, get a win. But somebody that high of a draft pick, I get it. Like, I get it. I'd but, skip it. The coaches are already doing that. They make millions. Well, everyone does it. Players and coaches do it. But me personally, all things being equal, I play that last game with my teammates and friends and make a, a lifetime of memories in that bowl game, have some fun, et cetera, et cetera. Kayvon Thibodeau is doing exactly what you're saying, Van, but only the exact opposite. <laughs> so Kayvon Thibodeau who you know is number five for the Oregon Ducks, plays defensive end. Uh, he's a freak. Yeah. He's J- Jadavian Clowney-style freak. Yeah. Uh, he is being rumored as the first overall draft pick in this upcoming NFL draft, and he said, forget it. He said, your boys from South Central, no offense to college, do not care. Yeah. I'm taking the money, and I'm running. But, to, but, but Kayvon, you can get an insurance policy, and it'll cover you for the game. Not not even not going to play in it. Don't no, matter. Don't matter. About to get drafted. I'm not mad whatsoever. He's going to be probably the number one pick, at least a top five pick. He's protecting himself. He's protecting his legacy. He's going to get generational money for his family. Yes. All, all of his offspring, unless he Jamarcus Russell's all of his money away. He's going to be rich forever. So if, I don't blame him for protecting himself and protecting his interests. The only way I would have stuck around, which also this is a very serious thing to me, if I like if I was Kayvon Thibodeau, I would have called Phil Knight and I would have said, "Name, image, likeness, me, bro," because I'll stay. I'll stay with your squad, and I'll do anything you want. Can you match whatever salary I'm going to get next year? Give me those Nike dollars. Yeah. And Phil Knight would have been like, "No." <laughs> He's like, "No." Uh, what's your availability uh, during the early morning hours? I need a, a new strong guy like you in my sweatshops. I'm surprised more top 20 players don't skip the bowl games, knowing that they got a future payday. Well, because most of them are good people and care about their teammates and, and their friends and all that good stuff. So I think that's the that's the easy answer. That's the short answer. Kayvon uh, was one that – absolutely capitalized on the name image likeness uh if you follow him on any sort of the social media stuffs or whatever like brand new cars like uh brand new whips brand like he's got he's got to figure it out for sure yeah i don't know because with name image likeness if i would go i'm being insanely serious right now this doesn't sound like fred traditional in the past i said you leave right now i you leave if you're a second round draft pick i don't care third round draft pick day two guy don't care but if you're the best one in college and you can make money in college, you're living in Eugene. Eugene. He's about to go to Detroit, too. Poor guy. And lose. He's going to be a loser. For a long time. For a long time. And he's not going to handle that. Thibodeau don't lose. Uh, he's going to be able to handle it pretty well, sleeping every night on that giant pile of money he's yes. about to make. He's a, he's a Michigan kid, I believe. Uh, South Central is where he's from. Oh. From South Central. Well, forget. Yeah. South Central North. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. my doubt. That, hila- that was legit hilarious. He's like, he's like uh, I guess I'll just keep beating up on Pullman every year. Half your games are against Oregon State, Washington State, 
Washington. Who are you going to lose against in the Pac-12? I'm being serious. Utah. That's Oregon like it, State. Right? And, then, and then when his teammates like are upset with him that he doesn't play in the game, he'd be like, I got all you losers here. Yes. Your defense rode my back all year. My back hurts from carrying you losers to this bowl game. I can sit it out. And speaking of caring, you should see the trunk space on my Grass Motorsports. Because <laughs> that's what it is, right? I'm, there's no way I'm going. With name, image, likeness, if I even have potential to be the first overall, not going. Well, here's the thing. Pay me. When you're this good, when you're like number one in the whole country good. Yeah potential number one draft pick good Mm -hmm. you're gonna get that nfl money and you're gonna get tons of commercials Mm -hmm. just like he would have if he gets name image likeness in college i say start you got the guaranteed money and all that commercial money i take name name image likeness from everyone that will offer it to me then i buy an insurance policy on myself for next season and i buy it for whatever is slated for the salary for the first overall draft pick sure and then i play and I stretch out my name, image, likeness money as long as I can until I become a pro. And then I take my pro money. That's my plan. Even his first contract, just his slot position money, is a lifetime of money. Yes. Yeah. He's fine. He's not struggling right now. And you got to find the right people to work with on that stuff, too. His very first ever very first ever Instagram post is a picture of him in like a like a king's cape. Like, what am I trying to say? Like a robe, but not a robe, like a cape. And it's him. It just says, just do it. Nike swoosh. That's pretty sweet. And you're like, okay, he's doing all right. Professional photo show. It looks like a WWE, like you just won the world championship thing. But yeah, he's going to skip it. He's going to. Throw two middle fingers in the air to Phil Knight and the Ducks and walk out, go to Detroit. I don't blame him. You don't? No. I can't. I take, can't do it, man. Take the money. Protect your legacy. Get that money, homie. I ain't mad. It's not what I would do, but I ain't mad. You know he has a cryptocurrency, Vital. His own crypto? Yes. Okay, he's doing good. That's what I'm it's saying. Bitcoin Thibodeau. Tibidoin. Hey, also, cryptocurrency has got, like, real weird for dudes. It's, like, real weird. Bitbido. Can you talk to any of your dudes without talking about crypto? Because I can't. It comes up in every conversation. Tibicoin? Yeah, I usually just change the subject. It's it's (laughs) painfully boring. It's overwhelming, though. Yeah. It's like a... If, like dudes in Mary Kay, it's like like gals with Mary Kay. That's what crypto is for dudes. Sure, yeah. Multi-level crypto. It's the Herbalife. That's what it is. That's the one. It's Oprah's book club. <laughs> hey, let me let me tell you about um, a Columbia house. It's the coolest. This dude's doing it. Anyway, I'm playing, though. There's no way I'm leaving. Not only are you playing the game, you're playing all next year. You're insuring yourself. A hundred percent. And you're milking name, image, likeness. Yep, for as long as That's possible. That's not a bad plan either. I would just get out and get that NFL money. Do you want to end up like one of these? Well, I saw an article today. Do you want to end up like one of these 150-plus former NFL players that have to coach high school football? Have to? You, what? Why else are they doing it? They don't need it. 
They're coaching for dollars. They you you think they're doing it for the love of the game? They're coaching for high school dollars. They're sixty five thousand dollar a year paycheck. You trying think? to keep busy? They could just put their money in escrow and get uh, insure. I mean, uh, what do you call it? interest? You think John Kitna is sitting on like a nest egg? Yes. Well, maybe he was a quarterback. I he guess was that's a not smart a good guy, example. though. I mean, maybe he was. I don't know. I can see why Jamarcus Russell needs to coach high school football. That's what I'm saying. Oof. Yeah, that's different. C.J. Anderson's coaching in high school. I don't. I don't believe C.J. Anderson to be a rich man. Probably league minimum for like five years. I'm sure he's doing okay. I think he made one Pro Bowl. Hey, here's the thing, Fred. Money isn't the great motivator for everyone that you might think it is. Some people do it for the love of the game. You know a single... I know it's a cliche. Take that in your Bitcoin collection. You're going to sit here and tell me you know a single person that works for a motivation that's not money? You're sitting across from one. You? (laughs) You know how much more money I could make in just X amount of career fields? It's insane. No, I know your skill set. You're actually perfectly slotted here. (laughs) Uh, Akib Talib is coaching high school because he has to. That's what I'm saying. Is he the one with 14 kids? I think? Question mark? Are you talking about from Hard Knocks? Yeah. No, that was someone else. Antonio Cromartie. That's not even close to Akib Talib. They both, they're both corners, right? Wrap up the program where we get back. Dave and Buster's presents two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we started our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610. Welcome back to the program, putting a bow on it. We're just 10 short minutes away from Mike Trujillo, true to the game. He will be alongside you, friend of the show, up until 10 p.m.s tonight. He does such a good job of covering, like, the night game and stuff. Sure. Make sure I'm going to tune into him on the drive home to get his reaction to all the things Lobos that developed over the night. Big thank you to Mike Bradbury who joined us. It was nice to talk UNM women's Lobos basketball. Big thank you to TJ Trout who joined us. The texter has been on it, Van. Here's what I'm saying. If you're a singer-songwriter... It doesn't have to be 100%. So if Garth Brooks co-wrote something, cool. Garth Brooks did not write his own music. And that list is long. Elvis Presley did not write his own music. Elvis Presley just put on a show. You're correct. Jailhouse Rock is very good. I prefer the artist. Who creates their own art? Who is that? Like, who's the standout one, though? That's not. There's not one. There's not one who's so overly entertaining. Okay, you're saying entertaining, and I'm saying artist. Yeah. Somebody like, um, like Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. I've never heard of either of those things. That's your fault, not mine. So, like Kevin Parker from Tame Impala writes all of his own music, not just the lyrics, the music itself, and then has a touring band travel with him. There's a lot of examples of this, like Trent Reznor. Writes all of his, composes all of his own music, writes all of his own lyrics. Uh, one of my favorite Southern performers, J.J. Gray, does the same thing. All right, so I just looked up Tame and Paula, uh-huh. which I thought was two words, Tame and Paula, like two people. And literally... They're the biggest band in the world. 
Apparently they're not at all. So according to this Google search, it's like what people say to look cool. So like this is this is just like a hipster thing. This isn't even like an actual hit thing. They're one of the biggest bands of this generation. They're mm-hmm. worldwide renowned. I I don't think they are at all. It, I'm literally looking at it here, and it looks like they're just what people claim is cool. And that's what I'm saying. They don't have a real impact. Okay, so somebody who would compare Elvis to Kevin Parker from Tame Impala needs not give any perspective on what's cool at all. I'm telling you right now, like Elton John, who did not write his own songs, that is a no name. That is an entertainer. That's someone of like an identifiable quality. This, uh, this I'm so cool out in front alternative indie band. This is nothing. You know a lot of Tame and Paula songs, and you just don't know them. I'm I'm not sure if you're trying to confuse me like like a Rubik's cube, but what I'm saying is. This one specific example, I'm not talking about a genre. This one you're giving me is not a quality example because these guys don't have bangers. They don't have bangers like the people that don't have to write their own music. They've headlined Coachella and Bonnaroo and Austin City Limits already. Sure, but they only have three albums out. Yeah, but those things don't matter. Excuse me, four albums. Yes, they matter a lot. I'm telling like, if you were to like go to like consumer of music and be like, hey, like I'm gonna like let's talk about I don't know somebody who didn't write their own music Diana Ross. And you were talking about what was this guy's name Kevin Kevin Parker. So if you'd be like hey Kev from Tame and Paula, that people would be like yeah I know who Diana Ross is. Are you like what are you trying to compare? Because that's what I'm saying. It's about the entertainment factor. It's not about like the artistry. It is for me. See we're we're differing. You're trying to speak for both of us, and we have different opinions. I'm, t- I'm speaking for the masses. Friend of the show. I don't think that's true either. Friend of the show does not does not have an appreciation for like 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 geo funk pop out in front hipster band. They have an appreciation for Whitney Houston, who did not write her own music. A bulk of it. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're talking about pop stars. There's a, a rich history of pop stars not writing their own music, and I care about very little of them. I don't listen to any of that music. To me, it's more important for a band like Tame Impala, who writes their own music, who performs their own music, who it's a unique sound that they craft and create. When you listen to a Tame Impala album, it's a work of art from beginning to end, not a mishmash of songs that a bunch of other people wrote and performed and did backup vocals for, and different people played different instruments on different songs. That doesn't appeal to me. That's not what I'm looking for as a music listener. The The thing about like the recognition factor, though, is like Marvin Gaye, who, again, wrote none of his songs. And I keep giving you like multiple examples here. You're just, yeah, you just keep saying pop stars. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about like recognition. Because like, these are where entertainers are. So and you're, you're it, confusing recognition and you knowing who they are. That's what recognition is. You like, personally knowing who they are. And no, the world knows who these people are. Like there's there's no there's not a single like friend of the show right now to where if I'm like hey Rihanna, that they don't know because everyone knows who that is. And that's what, like and I I think I think of it as like acting or I think of it as anything where it's like, for every like one quality that you have is which is who like Tina Fey maybe, for every one like actor writer, you have so many actors that don't need to write. That's what I'm saying. I just think it doesn't have value. 
Well, it has an extreme value for people who like the artistry, who like to see an arc, a story arc, a creative arc on an album, not just a series of songs. We we differ on this yeah. and have always differed on this because you like boogie worthy hits. Is you what like, I like yeah, you like XM one, and I don't even like any station on XM because I have my own channel. I make my own playlist like a pinkies out hipster music dork that's i think that's where it gets lost for most people to where it's like well, you, for, for, you, for me what i understand a lot of people don't want to put out the effort to find good original music that matches their taste most people are just completely fine consuming what's agreed to be popular what's agreed to be good and i've never been of that mind state when it comes to music I think good is so subjective. Oh, 100%. Because I don't think recognizable is subjective. I think like everyone, regardless of whatever, we were talking about this the other day when you weren't on the program with Robert, everyone knows who Brock Lesnar is because he's recognizable. Like, But do you know why he's good? You, have to, you probably don't. Well, see, Brock Lesnar I would disagree with. If you used The Rock or John Cena, I would agree with you. Well, yeah, that was just one from the other day. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think it's more vital. That's where you get your penetration. So, I don't see the value in it, but everyone likes what they like. Definitely, definitely means you're not recognized, though. Good program today. Mike Fight really is my man. Mike Trio is coming in to take over. Any final word, man? Before we go? Oh, too much for the time allotted, my friend. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.